What is happening, guys? You are going to love this episode. Sit down with the man, the myth, the legend, Win Masters, Mr. Wheelie Wednesday. Now, Win Masters is a New Zealand guy who's come over to race World Cups back in 2008. Now, he did it pretty rough like most New Zealand and Australian guys do coming over. He van lifed it, he asked for favours, he got lifts, he travelled around pretty pretty gypsy style and, and made his name for, made a name for himself coming over here to race. And over the years, he's kind of progressed through downhill and got some pretty good results. After a while, he kind of, he didn't leave downhill, but he focused more on enduro for a while there. And he actually won an enduro in New Zealand a few years back, which was really cool to see. But he's kind of paved his own way in the sport. And he's started up Win TV, which is him interviewing top riders after the race. Now, these videos kind of took off because he had the relatability and connection with these riders where I think that would open up to him in a different way where a lot of riders won't to just normal media people. So I think people get a really genuine perspective and outlook when they watch his videos. But he's just marketed himself super well and he's gotten to the point now where he doesn't actually have to race to keep to keep being in the sport. He can just do his videos and his persona kind of speaks for itself. But it was super interesting to sit down and talk to with him. We talk about the changes in downhill, the direction the sport's going, what he thinks we should do and what we shouldn't do, and just an overall kind of outline on how the season's going and how, where he sees it going in the future. So super interesting chat with him. We touch on a lot of things quite quickly. I was going to try and build into it more, but we kind of just get stuck straight into it. But I hope you guys really enjoy the episode. Before we jump into it, quick word from the sponsors, Athletic Greens. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then look no further. Athletic Greens gives a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you sign up and purchase. So if you guys jump on athleticgreens.com slash off track, and I'll put links in the show notes, but you guys can get your own travel packs. I'm using them right now in Europe while I travel around and super easy to use tastes great you guys will actually be super surprised i know i was when i first tried them so give that a try get some free stuff and enjoy it but now here's win masters everyone then it'll be prime conditions well i was talking to maddie depal and he's just like Everyone asks, it keeps asking him whether it's going to be like a sh- like it's going to be raining or not. I was like, he's like, I'm like, how do I know? Yeah. Like sometimes it's the perfect weather ever, like super nice, cool, and then sometimes it's snowing. So he's yeah, like, so it could be yeah, you don't know. one of two. Yeah. But he said it's really nice because it's like when the leaves change. Yeah. But then also all the leaves fall onto the track, and he says <laughs> if it's like windy and raining yeah. overnight, literally the whole track could be covered in leaves and slippery and slippery as hell. So. You never know. Yeah, I can imagine snowshoes are going to be very slippery. Yeah. yeah we, apparently, when I was talking to the locals, they said the first two years we went there, they've like never seen it that dry. And then last year was like... Normal. Standard procedure, how it was. Yeah. And yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. I, I hated it. You're real good at that, aren't you? Though? Like, yeah. Remember when you went to... Oh, fuck, that's a probably funny spot to start as well. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, hey? No. When you overtook me... Oh, and at cans. Ca- and cans. <laughs> that was that greasy, yeah. that shitty greasy, like clay. Yeah, jungle. Jungle. Jungle, <laughs> jungle clay. Jungle clay. Yeah. But that's... Tropical yeah. rainforest. Yeah, well, how can you, like, why can you ride tropical rainforest clay well? Uh, that's more similar to what we grew up with. In New Zealand? Yeah. That was, that was the one. Yeah, like the local place was slippery as shit. Where's the local place? And mostly wet. 
It's like a one minute track. And it was just Greece. Yeah. True. And we would have like little races there. Yeah. Little like races. I probably rode a hard town most of them. And yeah. you just, you nailed the slipperiness. Yeah, we like the slipperiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting interested. So we're here yeah. with Win Masters on the off-track experience. We're going to sit down. We're here in Ludenville before the World Cup. And are you racing enduro as well? Or are you just... No, just downhill. Just I've, downhill? Yeah, I don't do many enduros now. You've cut back? Cut back. I don't do any, yeah. You don't do any I, at all? I, not on the EDR circuit, no. Why do you... What's like, you've, you've gone from downhill mm-hmm. to enduro. Well, mm-hmm. you kind of, you always did both. Well, I did eh? both, yeah. And then you've gone just back to downhill. Yeah. What was the... Uh, the enduro point? just went really the opposite direction of what I thought it was. And and it was pretty cool for a while. They were doing a great job. There's big races. You go places, explore like the whole area. Mm. And it was pretty cool. And then they've gone to like one day races where it's almost like five downhill tracks. And you don't do much riding. You used to do like four days of riding in a race. Mm. And you'd need to be like real fit just to finish the race. And now it's just sprinting. Yeah, now it's quite short, yeah. So it's not not really like the endurance aspect so much anymore and nor the adventure and the exploration of like cool places, which is what it was. Do you reckon that's not only happening in, in, in enduro, but now it's happening in downhill as well? It's always kind of been happening, but now it's getting more and yeah, more like... Yeah, definitely has gotten more and more like... Well, the, the thing I saw in the weekend, they're like full like, polishing the track before practice yeah they're like sweeping everything off it i'm like well is this mountain biking or is this something else do you feel like, like fair enough do you feel like that do you feel like that at the start of the weekend not just after a practice day because i can understand them trying to like clear the track of yep. loose rocks before practice but like before practice the rock garden was scattered with rock. yeah yeah but then before race day which honestly i like the fact that it was like that but i'm like why didn't you do that in yeah. the beginning yeah do it at the start not the, the night before the race and then everyone practice it actually you can go faster into the rock garden mm. which is probably more dangerous than having some loose rocks that that are part of the natural terrain mm. they sweep it down like t- to the smooth dirt yeah yeah i know they've done that a few places like lens and other yeah places and like then that. in valdesol they were putting dry dust on the wet roots and i'm like well it's not really natural yeah, how you're trying to yeah. change it too much and alter yeah. it. It is mountain biking. Yeah. So do you reckon that the sport is going in a direction? So we're jumping straight into this, this <laughs> side. I think yeah. I was going to build into this a bit more, but yeah. like in in that regard, so you reckon you're not doing enduro now just because of the direction it seems to be going? Yeah. Yeah, I lost the love of what it was because it went in another direction. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of other people feel the same Probably. Way with that? Yeah. I think, well, I think some are still doing it, but they know that it's not what it was. Yeah. But they would admit that. And you think they're just holding on to it because it's. Yeah, because that's the discipline they do. So they kind of, they need a job and they want to ride somewhere. Yeah. So they have to do that. And do you think that's the way it's going with downhill as well now? Because even like we're saying before, you chatted to Cade, for example. Yeah. And he straight up said that he's probably not going to do it much longer because of how it's developing. Yeah, it's not, it's not what it used to be. And then if you cut the numbers down even more, then you lose a lot of the storyline of the riders growing through the sport mm. that I really enjoy myself. Mm. Like 
it's better to have a rider that's built his way to be a top rider rather than a rider that just comes from junior and is already at the top. Yeah. Like, both are cool, but it's it's a longer story and there's more to tell. Mm. Someone that works their way to the top. Well, kind of talking about, I guess, your... What, what year did you start racing down in? 2008? Eight, yeah. 2008. Yeah. And what was it like coming from New Zealand, coming over here? Because you were kind of... Would have been the beginning of the Vanzacs before they were called Vanzacs yeah. in a way. I didn't have a van. You didn't have a van? <laughs> no van. How'd you get around? Car? Just... Nah, I just arrived in Portugal and had to like... I knew one guy and then I just went with with him to like a pre-season Maxis Cup race in Gouveia. Yeah. And then from there I had to meet people if I wanted to go. And you just catch lifts with people? Yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Because you couldn't afford, you just couldn't afford a... No, there was no way I was buying a van. I had 11,000 New Zealand dollars and that was to pay for my flights as well. And at the time, the exchange rate was closer to what it is now. Mm. So it was real bad against the New Zealand dollar. And you just came so over like, here alone? Like 5,000 euros. And you just came over alone chasing... Yeah, chasing yeah less than 5,000 because I, I had 11,000 for my flight included. Mm. Yeah. So and just, what was the plan? Just wing it kind of... Just do as many races as I could and see where I end up. And back then as well, though, it would have been felt a lot more easier to break in to a World Cup circuit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like you could do those pre-season races, get kind of used to racing in Europe and then start doing some World Cups and see how you go. Mm. And there was still, there were shitloads of riders starting. I think in Maribor there was 300. Yeah. Started in elite. And that was my first race. I missed the qualifying cut just, but I like crashed and then thought that I won't make it. So I just rolled down. Then after that, I was just like, I have to pin it to everyone. And so you learn from cans, you don't give up, even after yeah, you, you get overtaken. Even if you get overtaken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you felt like coming over, you could kind of, obviously there's still heaps of competitors, but you felt like it was easy to kind of fall into racing World Cups and get the points and experience from doing like IXS Cups and other European races. Yeah, yeah. Were there they was, bigger back then? The Portugal race was pretty big, like the Maxis Cup. So nearly all the World Cup field was there at the Gouveia Maxis Cup, which is like probably in, might have even been in March, late March. Mm. So I came real early, did that, and then I did another Portugal Cup, a Spanish race, a French race, and then started World Cups after that. Mm. So I'd done like a bunch of races before I got to the World Cup. To build into yeah. it, yeah. And that was like the best thing I could have done. Like any, the kids I see now, a lot of them just chase the World Cup. Like, it's almost pointless. Mm. Like, for me, if I was starting, I'd way rather go and do all those other races first. Then you're, like, confident in racing in Europe rather than you're, like, starting at the World Cup where you probably won't qualify. You go home with your tail between your legs and the next race, you're less confident. Mm. I think that's not really the good approach unless you're going to come out swinging. Do you think they almost need to have... Because I guess people don't look at IXS as being such a feeder series, yeah. even though it, like it is. Mm. I guess all series that lead into a World Cup are. Yeah. But do you feel like there almost needs to be a proper feeder series, feeder series yeah. for the World Cup? For them to reduce the number, I feel like they should have had the feeder series running this year first to get it, get it going before they reduce the number mm. like, or make it more difficult. And they're definitely going to make it more difficult if they don't give you points for qualifying in the semifinal. Yeah. Like then you're cutting out riders from countries where it's hard to get points. 
that are actually really good riders because they qualify at World Cups. So you actually cut the wrong people out rather than cutting like the riders that are from a small country and it's easy to get a lot of points. So they show up at the World Cup with a good number plate mm. and they practice and they have actually got their points from doing races that are not nearly the same level as the guys that are qualifying for semifinals. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's kind of like the whole Brayton yeah, scenario for that's sure, going yeah. on, that he's one of the best in the world, like top 40 or top 50 yeah, or whatever and, at the moment. Yeah, and consistently for years. Yeah. yeah. And he gets booted, but then someone who's raced all their national series, yeah. plus at Oceanas or national champs, yeah. has got way more points and they can come rock up and not and, even qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Or or you could get buy your way into a team and you can start with zero point. Yeah. So then it becomes a buy-in. Because how does that work? If you're on an elite team, they can enter you. I with... think it's not even an elite team, just a team. So if you're on a UCI team and you have zero points, they can enter you. But isn't Brayton on a team though? No. He's not? No. So he's not privateer, but he obviously has support yeah, like, people, but not... He's a professional privateer. <laughs> yeah. Like he and he probably for him it works better for him to do that than to be in a team because he can have all his own separate sponsors mm. and maybe bring in more money in as a total than being on most of the teams. So for him that's like quite a good option, but then it takes away that option for any other riders now. Mm. I think. Because yeah. you need what do you need? You need forty points. Forty points, yeah. To be entered. But to get 40 points, you need to finish 20th in the final. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, like I'm, I couldn't race next year. Yeah. If it was me, me too, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's the first time where it's probably been like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at someone, because even just, just for, what about for injury's sake? Just say Finn or someone like Anne-Marie, for example. Yeah. Can he race next year? We have no points this year. If he, he, he could only race because of his team. Yeah, but if... But if that was not the case, then no. Yeah. Yeah. So the team dropped him for whatever reason. And yeah, and he didn't have a team. Yeah, he couldn't race. Probably not. But then... Yeah, this is why this rule is a little bit weird, yeah. Yeah. Do you think as well, because we were talking about... Me and Eddie were talking about the last race, because it was finals, they cut mm. out the semi. Yeah. If you got 31st, do you get anything? You didn't. Nothing. So in the end, they gave points only to the top 30. Yeah. And then you got zero after 31, 32 and on. You would think that they'd just give you the semifinals points yeah. from 30th to 60th. Yeah. But like you get zero points, so it's almost like your result didn't count. Oh, but, but I did, last week I did enjoy watching the race because there was no semifinal. Like, it was sick to watch. Yeah, it flowed. And, and I watched it all pretty, like, intensely, whereas the other races, I watched the semi-final, so I'm like, oh, here comes the final. Mm. Like, oh, it's like... It kills it, man. Yeah. Like, I know when I haven't qualified and I've gone to watch, the yeah. semi-finals just doesn't have any excitement, in my no. opinion. And then, then by the final coming around, you're bored. Yeah. Last week was exciting because you here goes the final. Let's mm. go. Yeah. And that's what downhill is. What do you reckon, like, if it keeps going in the direction, what do you think the outcome is going to be for downhill racing? Mm, well, then there'll be a limited number at the top that would do well. And everyone else has to go to another series, probably. I you would think say. it's just going to be, this is 
F1 or people keep calling it that where it's like yeah or MotoGP MotoGP 20 riders in MotoGP class yeah. um, best of the best and then yeah breaking but, onto that you need to go through a feeder series to get involved yeah I just but it, then you lose a lot of stories like well, you lose yeah. stories you lose spectate like spectating if you're at a World Cup and yeah, you 10 watch. women and 30 men in final in practice as in, well in practice or yeah. whatever or 60 and it's Dude, it's boring. The intervals between riders is like minutes and you're just sitting there walk. Yeah. <laughs> if you've gone there to spectate and pay money to go to an event and watch, you don't really... You want get... to see riders on the hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just lose that straight away. Yeah, and, and I think like... For me, the coolest thing is seeing like smaller riders do well. Mm. Or like unknown riders come out and do well. And then and then if they keep, keep going and go on to make a career of it, it's even better. It's like... That's that's cool. That's why I try and do with the privateer thing. Help people that don't have the support or are unknown to get noticed, you know. Yeah. And then then they might go onto a team after that. Yeah. But then there's none of that. But then hopefully, whatever other series, IXS Cup or whatever it may be, Crankworks, actually booms because of this. Mm. Then if those guys really do a great job people that are here might want to go there yeah well, that's the thing they might draw yeah. people away from from this the amount like yeah. I put up a thing the other day and the amount of people that were just like why do we need like the UCI why do we yeah. need this event like why don't yeah why don't all the riders just branch out and go somewhere else but I guess it's well they they control the governing body at the moment so then you wouldn't be able to do world champs or anything but the whole thing happened in golf and then in the end yeah exactly that's what golf, I mean build, build a competitive series to the point where the other series wanted to merge it. Yeah. That's the thing. If you, yeah. if you make a series, an event, and you say, this is the unofficial world champ, but every single top rider in the world... Wants to go. Wants to go. And, and, and there's you give 100 a, grand for first or whatever. Yeah. Like, and you give them a gold jersey. And you give them gold jersey, and you're like, yeah. well, this is the same thing. Yeah. Like, they probably will go if it's better. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. building it to start with and getting it to that point. Is the... Yeah, it will be And it's also part, pulling people across. Yeah. yeah. Like Live Golf obviously did that because they've they had got millions money, yeah. and millions. But of dollars. if you have, and like, much more competitive prize money, then it already will start bringing people. Mm. Like because thirty-seven fifty, I think you get for a World Cup win. Yeah, three thousand seven hundred euros. Yeah, and that's not much. Like it's for, ridiculous. For how many? If you can count how many people have won World Cups in the last like five years, mm. it wouldn't be many people. Mm. So hardly anyone wins them. So yeah. then, and then it drops to like two grand for second. So it's like it drops. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a hundred or two hundred bucks for tenth. Yeah. And I think about this, like, just say for example, at Lenzerheide, where it's a ticketed event. Yeah. So you have to pay, I don't know, thirty euros, forty euros to get in, maybe yeah. more. And then, obviously, paying that, you're paying an entry. Yeah. Doing all that, you see all the money that this is bringing in. We are like the show. Yeah. We are the show, and then you get that amount of money for winning. Yeah. And it's just like, I hate complaining about the money thing, but it's, it's a joke. Yeah, well, it's not, that's not real money, really. For no. Professional sport. It's even funny, like, I got a bit annoyed at the bottom of Andorra because I came down and I was coming around the back and then I started talking to my team manager yeah. and pushed my bike up next to where he was and then people just start yelling at me straight away to move and I can't be there. Oh, and yeah. I'm just thinking it's like, I'm literally paying to go in this race, which you were yeah. televising, making money off. Yeah. sending around the world and I can't even stand in a place. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just, I feel like you just get kind of walked over pretty 
heavily. Yeah, because they've got the control, it seems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I saw them going off at a few other riders, and I'm like, like that's literally the the sh- we are that, the show. Yeah, yeah. And you can't even just have like a little bit of respect to be like, oh, like, yeah. You've got, and then you get put in the back somewhere. It's yeah. Like, oh, you didn't you didn't get in the hot seat. Go around there, the back. Yeah. Where yeah. you can't see the screen. <laughs> yeah. Where you going? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not the priority for them. No. Yeah. And then. Are you, are you in the writers' union thing? No. Because that was something like I last year I tried to put effort into. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of it kind of fell on deaf ears. And yeah. being in a few meetings and seeing people be obviously really invested in it, but then a few people not being invested in yeah, it. Yeah. And it was this thing where it's like, if you're not all in it, it's yeah, not, then it's it, not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. And seeing that kind of like fall apart and... Yeah. Not really be, I don't know, I haven't heard of anything. It's not, yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about it this year. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of fell in a bit of a heap. Yeah. Which, yeah, then limits the writers having any say. Yeah. Because they're not all together. Well, the whole thing, it's like, I think the idea of the thing was like having a strike of not yeah. competing. The Just that being announced yeah, yeah. would be enough, I think, to obviously make some kind of change. Yeah. But the fact when people are like, oh, like I'm gonna ride, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you openly say that, it's like, well, then this is pointless. Yeah. Because if three, two, three people say, "Oh, I'm gonna ride," and then twenty-seven say, "I'm not," to kind yeah, of then it, it doesn't work. it doesn't work. Yeah. And I think and that they was still have a show because they've got three guys that want to go down. Yeah, it's a podium. Yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So that was one thing that I saw, and it was kind of like you almost just like banging your head against the wall because you're just like, this is. Yeah. This this could be something. Which is a shame, but. It, I don't know. I think too many people are really scared to voice their true opinion mm. because they don't want to offend anyone and they feel like they're here doing the series. So yeah. they don't want that anyone's upset with them, mm. whether it be their team or, or Discovery ESO or whoever. Yeah. So they don't actually say what they really think. Yeah. Then they just say, yeah, it's great. It's so good. They just go along with yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening. Yeah. But then in the long run, that just probably just ends up it's like, oh, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Be like, is it really fine? And then something will happen where you're like, okay, this is too much now. Yeah, and then, but it's they, kind of too then late. they blow up. Mm. <laughs> but but then it's not better for the better. No, no, not at all. But yeah. what do you reckon if you can make changes and you were the puppet master for all of this, what <laughs> what would you want to implement to make positive Well, I'd change? probably just keep it at 60 riders. Mm. Like, I feel like now it's so competitive that that the 60th rider can come 10th yeah. so that's entirely possible and and people would like to get behind the underdog as well sometimes mm. so we keep 60 riders if you want to publicize the 30 then just do that and you don't have to show the first 30 but if you qualify in the top 30 then you for sure your runs on on live yeah I would keep it at that and probably keep the people that were the core and the voice of the sport. Like now we miss kind of Rob for sure as he's the, he was the voice of mountain biking. Mm. And then if you don't have him, then you don't really have the authentic thing that was downhill racing or even for cross country as well. Mm. And I feel like he, he was pretty much the show, Mm. half the show. If you put people in there that don't even understand who the writers are, then you can't even 
the show's never even going to be very watchable for, especially for an uneducated viewer. If they can't even see who the people are, mm. then how are the people at home going to know what's going on? Well, this is the thing that happened. You obviously saw the thing in Andorra with yeah. with Tani getting mistaken as Nina, yeah, and stuff like that. It's like it's hard for people to build a rapport and connection with people that yeah. don't even know who you are. Yeah, and we're four races into the season, <laughs> five if you include Welt. Yeah. And you still don't know who the top five women are? Like, is that possible? When you're paid to do that for a job? Like, your job is to report on sport. Then surely you have to know the sport that you report on. <laughs> like, is it, it was almost a joke, you know? Yeah. yeah. I had to put it on my story. I was like, wow. I just is, shared. is this even possible? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I, I guess that's the thing, when you bring people in that, trained journalists or whatever yeah. but they have no idea about the sport yeah. or really care to have well yeah you can't care enough if you can allow that to happen yeah yeah and i think that's it's a job it's not a passion well that kind of comes into i guess why people are drawn to the whole win tv thing yeah because you have a connection with yeah, these people with the people with the people and you're part of it yeah so it's, you're not viewing it from a, a third person perspective of like journalists. It's like, no, athlete to athlete. Yeah. And you can relate. Yeah, we can get like the real rundown of what's going on with each person. Hmm. Because I've known them for a number of years or whatever. And they know that I do the same as them. Hmm. So there's like a trust. Yeah. Then they'll let more information go than they would normally. And it's easy to get what actually happened on track or what happened last night that affected their result mm. out of them rather than they don't want to say it because it's to someone they don't even know. Yeah, it's more relatability, hey? Yeah. Like a lot more relatability. For me, the only... Like the person that's doing a great job at the moment on the broadcast is Carlson. Mm. When you watch his interviews, you can see the passion and he's like excited, passionate and he wants to learn about all the athletes and be able to speak to them directly like he's i watched a cross-country interview and he's not he's not like full cross-country guy so like he would you would say that he's more lean towards gravity mm. but then he goes in and he's like stoked to be interviewing nino after the race and excited about the race and it's, yeah. you can feel that yeah if you don't have that then it's like well it's hard to watch yeah <laughs> it's like, oh, and here's well nino you're not going to be your true authentic yeah. self yeah like that's the thing it's like if you have someone that's talking to you that you can feel they don't know who you are yeah. or care. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going to open up and be my authentic self, no. which is going to come across on camera as being something that people want to listen not, to. And then the other thing was not know that not every race gives away a rainbow jersey. <laughs> like anyone involved in any form of cycling, mountain biking, whatever, knows that the rainbow jersey at one race per year, world champs. Mm. And then you've but just been if, at the even, world champs But even if it was Nina, Nina didn't win it either. No, but she... So yes, she wouldn't win a rainbow jersey, but they, she was saying we're she giving a rainbow she, jersey. She, she, she thought that yeah. she, she gets a rainbow jersey because they gave a rainbow jersey at Fort William. It was yeah. like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, would you <laughs> ever, would you ever do something like move out of? I still do Win TV, but would you ever do something for a broadcasting thing yeah, like sure. Red Bull or something? If they, I've done a little bit for Red Bull already with the urban races. Yeah. So I did some of their analysis. Like it's pretty tricky on this Aki Paint screen, mm. and you've got to, what Elliot was doing for the World Cup, like showing lines and stuff after in the post race show. Yeah, 
and I was doing that for the urban races and that's like kind of good learning experience to see what they do in a live show mm. and how much goes into it. But that's what you're saying afterwards, how Rob yeah. works super hard. Yeah, I've never seen someone, like I knew Rob personally, so then I knew he's a loose guy and like but <laughs> pretty relaxed, like funny guy. But then I've never seen someone prepare so much for like their job and he wanted to arrive like a day early and start preparing and rehearsing mm. and I, I did not expect that at all because mm. he's a bit of a loose guy yeah when it comes to that i guess yeah. that if you want to be a perfectionist in anything whether it be racing or broadcasting or interviewing that, yeah you then know, you've got to work at it and that's the one thing i feel like has been lacking now with the commentary is there's just there's just lack of preparation yeah. like and then it falls back into you're just observing yeah, and yeah commentating and you're, you're trying to speak about something as it's happening with no information about that person or anything, the team they ride for, the bike they're on, whatever. Yeah. So, wow, oh, his handlebars are wide. Okay. Yeah, I, is, can, see, I can see that, yeah. Is that relevant to yeah. anything? Because everyone's handlebars are probably a similar width. Mm. It's like they're missing the preparation. Mm. Yeah. And or, or being like ingrained in the sport where you're in the pits all day exactly getting information yeah. and yeah. that's what i know rob and elliot did really well yeah was they would just come chat to you how's life yeah how's your family how's yeah, yeah, yeah. how's your injury how's yeah. this and yeah. like as much as obviously they're doing that because they're your friend they also but they wanted to have information to put into the broadcast yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i guess that's something that you've done over time with doing Win, Win TV, TV yeah. that could translate over into doing something more. In yeah, the, for sure. In, I, I would be interested, but it depends if they are. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't like push for anything, but if it was came up as something being... Yeah, I'll ask them what their plans are, but not too much more. Yeah. What are your plans, Winos? What, how much longer do you see yourself doing this? I don't know. I, at the moment, I don't want to race too long because the way the racing's going, it's not really that's not my main focus anymore mm. and i don't think there's a place for a 30 to 60 rider after this season yeah in my opinion i don't think uh so i probably won't race too long but then i'll do like the events and races that i want to do and keep doing video stuff and helping privateer people where i can maybe not at the world cup because probably it gets too hard for them there mm. But yeah, just keep doing pretty much what I'm doing without racing World Cups. Was there a point with your racing where you stopped caring so much about results and more about the value you gave as like a personality, as like Win Masters, Win TV? Like when was there like a, a shift when you kind of saw yourself as I need results to get a ride to mm. I just need to be myself to get a ride? Yeah, pretty late though, like not so long ago probably mm. so it was a long time before i felt like that mm. so before i used to really look at the results too much probably and then you focus on it more it probably is actually a negative effect because mm. you're more stressed you're you're not relaxed and you're trying to get this result that's going to make all the difference and now i think for this year they were like oh we don't mind if you don't race so I'm like oh, okay yeah yeah, you just do win TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I still wanted to race this year and then decide to do things on my terms, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that comes back to making you more relatable as well. Yeah, it's easier to speak to someone when you're, you're, in, you're doing, in it. You're in the trenches. Yeah, you're right there in the trenches with them. 
Mm. And you rode the same track. How'd that feel though? Did that make you enjoy riding more once they kind of, you knew that pressure was off that you didn't have to do it, but you could because you wanted to? Yeah, I think so. It's like, that's what I like doing. So I'm doing it for me, not because someone needs me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost letting go of the expectation from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that would have been nicer a few more years ago when I was more competitive. I probably would have done better. Yeah. It's hard. Like that is so hard though to be okay with yeah. not doing as well. Yeah. But then also wanting to do really well. Like yeah. that's the thing. I put up a thing the other day saying how like for great athletes, if they come short of what they know they're capable of, that will like they'll be like look at Loic after his race yeah, run. Yeah, pissed. But, but he, he did the most amazing run. Oh, he's a people's champ for sure. He yeah. he, he was. He the won fastest. the race. He yeah. won the race. Yeah. But for and what he expected out of himself, that wasn't enough. And that well, like robbed him of... He comes to... down and sees 22. He doesn't look at anything else. He has no idea what yeah. everyone else has done. Yeah. yeah. And he's nor does he care at that point because mm. he wanted to win. That's all. Yeah. And then that's... It's pretty gnarly to be like that. Mm. Like, but that's what I mean. It's like... Unless you're like Lloyd, that's not sustainable for anyone. Mm. So I, I felt like when it, one, once you win a race, then you're like... Nothing compares to that. Yeah. So you're never going to... You can have the greatest performance, your best riding. Mm. If you don't win, you're like, oh, it's shit. Yeah. Well, look at Sam at Champery. Yeah. Even I compared it to recently, uh, Leger a couple of years ago when he crashed. Yeah. He won that race, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like hands down, yeah. everyone talking about it. Yeah. You remember that. You don't yeah. remember... Like, Tebow won. It's funny but then the rider won't think like that. No, I think it's yeah. just like a, a looking back, like I'm sure yeah. Sam looks at Champery now and probably goes, that was cool. That was, yeah. like people are still talking about it. I, I smoked him that day, but I still, yeah, I had a crash, so I would have won. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. I think the thing that people, this is what I see with Loic and with Sam and with Reese is the thing that people remember. It's like, they just, they didn't give up. Yeah. That was the thing that made them like yeah, the champion. Yeah, Aaron, when this chain came off. Exactly, yeah. All, all of these things are like the memorable moments. Yeah. The most memorable runs. Yeah. yeah. It's when, yeah, have unfavorable we, odds and not giving up. We haven't had many of those recently though. Where someone's... Like where there's super memorable things. Mm. Like, I can't remember the last race where I was like, wow, that's super special. When... Like, I'd I mean, say for me it would have been Reese 2021 yeah, yeah, in yeah. the wet. Yeah. That was, and it's funny because he was wearing the World Champs jersey. It just yeah. reminded me of Sam at Champery, even yeah, though yeah. he didn't win. But so it was that, that was same. the last one. And then we were two years ahead. We haven't, yeah. Like, uh, we are at every race, but we don't remember everything. But I can't remember something like that. Yeah. that's. So those moments don't come around very often. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as obviously you can say, like, Lloyd, what he did, like, wasn't amazing like that yeah. but still to be the last man down yeah. and be the fastest by far yeah. in those conditions and he was until the last sector he was close to battling for a podium yeah and then he, he lost a lot in the last sector because there's all these slippery rocks but yeah if he had have held that margin he might have got on the podium yeah and you still what would you have been a couple seconds yeah well four, four yeah it was two he held two second margin the whole run pretty much besides the bottom yeah and then went f- like four seconds back still in the yeah. wet yeah, and proper wet on horrible rock. Yeah. Because <laughs> you look at... Because well, even, for, like, Loris came down right before him. Yeah. And he was nowhere. Yeah, Loic's just something special. And he also constantly goes on about how he doesn't like riding in the wet. Yeah. 
but then then can do that. <laughs> they can do that. It's like yeah. riding inside the the berms on the top to try and stay away from the slippery shit. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. How you do that and then keep the speed and the ground has also got to roll slower when it's wet. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I I want to know what you think about this because I look at I was looking at a couple of years ago when uh, Luke became world champion at Leger. Yeah. And I look at how it was like Loris, Amory, and Luke. Yeah. And I was like. Arguably, Amory's probably all out speed, the fastest. Faster, yeah. And then, kind of for bike skill, almost Loris is probably it's more, better, more yeah. technical. Yeah. But then Luke's a better racer. Yeah. And it was just funny how they weren't like, it's like all out speed yeah. can beat skill. Yeah. But then better racer can beat both. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I think Loris is always one of the best to watch in practice because he just does stuff like makes everything look real easy and. So simple. precise, He's yeah. like floating. He's like Jet in a way, yeah. Jet Lawrence, like how they ride. Yeah. And then uh, Amari's the best to watch in the race because he's just 100% intensity. Mm. You can see in his eyes he just wants to kill the track. Mm. And then Lloyd almost looks boring sometimes. Mm. Like he's riding down, his posture's good, and it's like, it looks slow sometimes. Yeah. But then he takes time out of everyone. Yeah, it works. And he does it when all the chips are on. Mm. Like if everything's on the table, then he can deliver his best performance, whereas other people probably won't. Mm. Even look at Fort yeah. William, where he's never done well there. Yeah. And then world champs come along, qualifies yeah. first. Yeah. And then gets fifth. Yeah. I thought he was gonna win. I was like. Yeah, I think if it didn't rain, he might. He probably would have won. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane to think of a track where he's never done well. Yeah. He just knows how to deliver when there's a big prize at the end of yeah. yeah it's crazy that like men- like how mentally that breaks so many people and then some people it just like heightens yeah him level. and Greg I think yeah. yeah yeah they can lift themselves not many others I guess you look at like like Faden Burrell was someone like yeah, that yeah for sure yeah even Gwyn yeah and like in, in times but, even but he, Gwyn he never won a world yeah chance, exactly yeah. yeah on that day he couldn't yeah. he which could is crazy he could not make it happen on one day but he'd make it happen every other world cup <laughs> yeah yeah, it's hectic. Um, we touched on before, you were saying how you want to put more effort into like the privateer thing. How did that all start off originally? Because like we touched on at the start, you obviously came over here and were like doing yeah, it pretty yeah. tough. So you've obviously seen the process you need to go to, through to become a World Cup racer. Mm-hmm. Did you just see that and go, hey, I want to I want to give back now and help in some way? Yeah, it's like now I've gotten to a point where I can help other people. And there were some people that helped me like quite a bit when I was coming like just with parts or help at the race a little bit here and there and that makes all the difference so I was like now I'm in a position where I can use my sponsors to actually help others mm. and I started with the privateer award thing for the videos because I was watching like quite a bit of motocross stuff the Pulp MX they were doing like privateer stuff supporting privateers and I was like well that's pretty cool so I was like may as well get this happening in mountain biking I started to go fund me got money together and it was like giving awards to the best privateers at each World Cup. And then slowly, but steadily, all my sponsors kind of got involved. And now it's to the point where if they want, that they, they can join our team for the next race. They can have the bike to keep. It's like a full package now, mm. plus some money. So it's pretty cool to be able to do that for some people. Do you get more... Because this is the thing, like you said, you don't really care so much about the results and all that, but do you get way more out of helping someone in that sense yeah. than getting a top 30 
Probably. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's great to get the result, but then to see someone else so stoked and and then they go and do well, it's pretty special. Mm. Even well, you can alter their their life their career, forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They can have a career or not. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that whole everlasting fulfillment thing of like, oh, yeah. we gave them this, and now look where they are now. Yeah, it's like all good, uh, all the most famous people in the world. They can do whatever they want, but they all chase legacies so they can be remembered for doing something. Yeah. Rather than the buying whatever or I doing, yeah. I never understood the whole thing where, I think it's just like a progression of you get to a certain point and you're like, I've kind of done it. Yeah. So now let's help other people do yeah. it. And yeah. then they can kind of, you live in a way through them as well. So yeah. For example, like Ollie Davis got 11th. Yeah, then you were like, that's a dream for you as well. That's like, I was way more pumped yeah. to see that. I couldn't care about my result. Yeah. Like, doesn't ma- like it really doesn't matter in this sense. It's like and that. That's something to. Yeah, maybe you know you're at that point where that's almost it's way more re- rewarding than. Way more yeah. rewarding than. And then his his career was about to take off now. Yeah. Because of these consistent results he's had lately. Mm. And I hope hope it does because was, the way he's been going, like to do those consistently, mm. he's proven that he can. Mm. Not many people can. Yeah, especially coming back because he came back from injury, then got hurt again. Then yeah, yeah, it's been a he because I know when he was obviously a junior, he was fighting with top guys. Like I'm pretty sure he was fighting with the Prowler. And yeah, and he was the second Australian in the weekend. Who was so, uh, Luke? Luke, my Luke was yeah. yeah, and then and he was and only then half, was sex, half yeah yeah that like that blows my mind when I look at that. Like I think yeah. about growing up and knowing where Ollie was and where Troy was. Yeah, and to think you just beat Troy. Yeah, is seems so like if you said that a couple of years ago you'd be you like, wouldn't believe no it. way yeah so those are cool moments and that, that's like special to be able to see those go down you know? yeah. yeah and you can enjoy that more than just chasing your own result and being like wow i got 15th or whatever yeah, yeah. and you're kind of doing that where that's going to be scattered throughout the the pits in a way yeah like, try to yeah of helping like like even i i can be like we gave Camille Blanche money in 2019. She was sleeping in her van to do Lenza Hyde Race, which is in Switzerland. And she's from Switzerland. And now she's multiple time world champion. It's like, yeah, I gave her 500 bucks, but not much, but it helped, that helped at the yeah. time, yeah. And then now we also, the we try and help is that to give them some profile because then like, oh, you win the privateer award, you get some interview people start to look out for your name mm. and then that's quite cool it can help elevate their profile well i think it just shifts their mindset of like oh people actually they do get, care yeah they do care they see it yeah because if you're getting 28th 35th whatever and you could that yeah. to you that might be like really good but you'd be like oh no one cares about 35th yeah, yeah. yeah then someone goes here's a camera in your face here's some money and yeah, you go, yeah and then oh, you're shit. suddenly people would speak talking about you and then you're 15th at the next yeah. race and yeah. so on and so forth yeah yeah yeah, it doesn't take much, does it? No. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, it's interesting that not so many people uh, really give back. No. Or they don't, they haven't like, maybe it's hard to have the chance to do it while you're racing because you focus on your racing. Yeah. But, and it would affect your racing if you wanted to focus on that. Well, that's the thing now, I guess it's, it, you get to a point when you, it's like something's got to take a bit of an L. 
Yeah. Like something's got to, you've got to sacrifice. Yeah. Maybe results. For sure. From my side, I said, like the focus is doing the videos and getting all that stuff done well. Mm. And then racing after. Yeah. But before it used to be more racing. But then I'd be like, that's oh, what I was saying before. That, was that a hard shift though when that happened to, to accept the fact that you go, hey, the racing might not be the one? Yeah, anymore. Some, sometimes, sometimes it is, but then other times like I'd be like, sometimes I would race better because I was like so focused on something else. Yeah. That I could switch my, like, my mind was not just focused on the race. Yeah. And I was like almost more relaxed because well, I was I, like, I can relate to yeah. that for this last one. Like the first three World Cups I did, my brain was so like i need to do this i need yeah, to yeah, do yeah. well and then i rode terribly and then i came here and i was like i, I just i don't care yeah i but i didn't ride my best but i rode definitely better than where i was at yeah but you shut off from that idea of like i need to do this for yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. external reason that comes yeah. with it which definitely damages your performance yeah, yeah yeah for sure but it's just interesting to hear like the transition between. no it was not too bad it's like i kind of enjoy doing the video stuff so it's fun mm. and then I'm spending time with all the people and trying to tell each one's story of what happened or that's like quite interesting to try and get that out of people mm. yeah 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 tell their story more yeah yeah because I think that's one thing especially at the World Cup but there's so many different stories that people yeah. that go untold yeah that people don't understand or see or yeah there's a lot behind the scenes that you're never going to see and if you watch the broadcast you you don't see it you know like you just see them race down the hill mm. don't see that they you're not have, people they've got a helmet on they've got goggles yeah. you don't see them they're characters yeah yeah almost superheroes you know yeah super <laughs> I get like, what you mean though but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard for a fan to be relatable to someone yeah. that doesn't seem real in any context yeah, yeah. or any aspect and, and you look at it like I remember I used to look, I would be working in Australia and be like looking at the World Cup riders and I'd be like, I wish I could be like them. Like I lived and breathed to try and be like them. Mm. And then I was like, when you get there, it was not quite what I thought it was. I don't think it ever is going to be with yeah. anything. Yeah. Like grass is always green as a real yeah, thing. Yeah, but you like, you think that they don't have the problems that you have. Yeah. Because it looks easy. They ride their bike for a living. Yeah. And then you're like, you're doing everything to try and get there. Yeah. And I used to like listen to this song. I'd be like, oh, if I could be like that, three doors down. Mm. And I'd be like thinking, no, I could be a racer. Mm. And there'd be like landscaping or something and just hating it. But then, then when I got there, I was like, well, there's quite a lot more that goes into this. Mm. I got a, and it was stressful, yeah. I got a mate, Harry Bink, and he goes another level, another devil. Yeah. And so every time you level up in something in your life, there's something else that's going to be hard or yeah. something else is going to push you or test you in that thing. Yeah. And I think, especially this probably, because you, where do you live now, in Germany or in... Austria. Austria now. Yeah. Um, coming from New Zealand, you know what it was like yeah, being away from home. Yeah, first time, yeah. Away from home, away from family, trying to like maintain a relationship. Yeah. That's something that I never expected to be as hard as it was. And no. that's like been through my entire career yeah. since and I started to now. You leave your home and you go to Europe for six months. It's yeah. like, there's never going to be a relationship that works like that. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, see you, I'll see you later. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing. It's like, and then, okay, and then for example, okay, you do have a girlfriend and then you want to bring her with, then you're trying yeah. to maintain a relationship while you're at work yeah. in a high stress situation, which is also a hard thing to maintain. Yeah. So it's like either way, there's some kind of difficulty that comes with 
face job that you wouldn't yeah. see from the outside. Yeah. You would just see the finish line, you've just won, your girlfriend's there hugging yeah. you, whatever, champagne, happy days. Yeah. They don't see, then you've got to be apart for another three yeah, months yeah, or yeah. you've got to... Whatever, yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, yeah, the, the, all the money coming to the sport, sometimes it's worse for the worse. Mm. Like, it's not going to be for the better if way more money comes in. Because more money comes in, but more expectation, more of this, more of that. And you look at some of those other sports, like when I go and watch MotoGP or something like that, it doesn't look that enjoyable to be the rider. I Whereas we I have a great time here. We've got people that close. Everyone's friendly. Yeah. But if there was way more money, it might be worse. I find it funny how everyone in our sport seems to be so attracted to being like a motocross racer. Yeah. I would not do that. No, no, they mm. hate each other. They don't even like. No one hangs out. They stay in their camper van. They don't leave it. And they they're still with their parents for half the time. Yeah, it's like it's not it's a weird. cool environment. No, yeah. and then they race literally all year, or train all year. Yeah. Or it's they don't go to new places as well. Yeah. They go to the same tracks. It's yeah. There's no way I'd train change what I've done here. Yeah, to yeah. Race so like, this is one of the best sports for all the people that are in it, and how we can compete against each other but be good friends at the same time mm. and no one's there's not crazy ego because the money is not like a motor gp rider or formula one driver mm. so there's a bit less of that mm. people can be more normal yeah way more way more like yeah. relate like yeah it's way more connected that's one thing about mountain biking is obviously everything has ups and downs but as a community based yeah it's pretty sport cool. everyone yeah. gets along super well probably one of the best sports hands down for that you look at this was something i thought was really cool you know andreas code crossed the line at world champs and he saw charlie was in the hot seat and like he's just lost the world champs yeah by nothing yeah first thing he does is run over and gives him a hug he smiled straight away yeah for his teammate yeah yeah and that's that sums up i think our sport you don't have uh jeffrey hurley's running over to antonio caroli yeah them a hug. yeah you just beat yeah. me in a battle they yeah. rode straight back to the pit yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing stuff like that, you really, you really do appreciate and understand it better. Yeah. And then you, you understand the people around, like Kolb and Charlie's team is cool. Mm. They've got such a vibe going, and Andy could have left that team, gone to another team, mm. but he decided to stay there, and that's been a positive for his career. Then he comes out and wins a World Cup. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot more to it than just what it looks, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, you can get sucked into that whole shine. Like, come, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's an easy thing to do. Um, I was going to ask you, Eddie told me to ask you a question about amateur drifting. <laughs> that, <laughs> like residential drifting. Residential drifting? Yeah. What happened with residential drifting? No, I used to be into residential drifting. What is, what is that? Mm. Just when you uh, roll around... The streets doing a bit of drifting in your welded diff. Laurel. <laughs> what yeah. kind of car did you have? Nissan Laurel. And it was the one. It was the one. How yeah. did it turn out? I lost a wheel at one point. <laughs> a wheel went flying off down the road and then bounced over a big fence. Did you get it back? No. But luckily I had a boot full of spares. <laughs> so you just put it on the way you went. Put another one on, yeah. But we were missing a couple of studs, I think. So we only had three studs done up. So then we used the other three. What's the uh, what's the best story you reckon you've got you and Eddie? It's hard to say. Um, I was gonna ask at the start. We kind of got carried away, but I was gonna ask you what was it like growing up in the master's household? Because you guys have kind of 
definitely your personalities and way of being have paved away in like the sport as being kind of way different than a lot of other people do and it's like obviously that started from probably when you were yeah probably we just like our mum's pretty crazy on horses so we used to have to go to horse events all the time yeah until we were like 11 or 12 and then sold the horse and got a mountain bike and she still goes to horse events she didn't want to get a mountain bike but we just don't go with yeah Uh, she's got an e-bike now but she loves it but uh yeah she's pretty mad and we probably just went to all these horse events and did crazy stuff on horses to start with. Mm. And then that started like going to events. And then from, they were pretty like, we were pretty independent from a young age. So we just go with whoever was going to events when we were real young, like not with our parents anything. Mm. So we were kind of like free range a bit. Just got yeah. it. Yeah, like off. Just because we went to boarding school from, I went to boarding school from 12, Eddie probably like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then I'll just go with whoever's going to the races. Did you go to the same school? Yeah. Did you look out for him when you were... Not too much. Did you need to? Nah, not too bad. He, he was better at school than I was. Like, but yeah. like getting bullied or getting in fights or anything like that? Nah, not too bad. Like, more... I probably... Hit, it would have been better if it was the other way around. Why, like, because you were getting in trouble? Yeah, I would be like more of a, yeah, in the trouble or whatever, yeah. So, yeah. But, um... We, because we went to boarding school, we already lived out of home from like twelve. So then you just do you can do anything. Mm. It was like oh, I can live by myself now. Yeah, forget that independence is. A yeah, kid. it was quite good for being able to go and travel everywhere, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could, then I moved to Australia like nineteen. So you moved to Cairns, didn't you? Yeah, eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. And then moved there, and I knew like why did why? hardly anyone. What was, what was the decision? Just because there's more money there. Yeah, true. To make for like crappy labouring jobs. Yeah. And then from there, get enough money, then go to Europe. And I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't comfortable leaving home. Mm. So I think, yeah, my parents were pretty relaxed, but they pushed us when they needed to, to do the stuff we enjoyed and that we, whatever our passion was. And they let us dig up the backyard and build jumps. So like from there, that built our love for mountain biking. Are they still there? No, they got knocked down. We had a neighbour that complained. But um, we, we're never at home anyway, so they, they would have been pretty messy at this point. It would have been pretty bad. Yeah. Do you go home much now at all? Or you? Uh, not too much. So I went home for two weeks last year. Yeah. But not too much. Mostly live in Europe. Yeah. And I've got a house in Queenstown, but I don't live there. You just rent it? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe one day you end up in New Zealand. So now you've got a little European family. Yeah. <laughs> got a seven-month-old now. Yeah. Vincent, so he keeps me busy. How many languages is he going to learn? Well, he'll start with two, and then probably there'll be quite a few. Add a few in there? It'll be pretty easy if you grow up around all these languages in Europe. Well, that's the thing. I'd say you push yeah. that to be... To yeah, be it already thing. will be English and German, so then... Do yeah. you speak much German? Not much. I can know some words, but I don't can't really join the conversation do you want to try and learn more you i think so yeah i should <laughs> yeah probably i learn more with him he'll probably teach you yeah you can learn together yeah he'll he'll know heaps and i'll know like half as much yeah yeah <laughs> but it'll be good That'd yeah. be a pretty good teacher yeah for sure sure so then you learn as you go yeah sure yeah, yeah um, i got some questions for you as well the, mm-hmm. the internet has uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll get you out of here so we can go no no stuff. worries 
Um, so I put out a thing asking Win Masters who wants to, what do you want to know about him? Mm-hmm. They had some, I don't know if I can ask. Someone wants to know if yeah you'd ever do world com- commentary. Yeah, of if course. You, if you got yeah. offered. Of course, but I, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a commentator or a finish line interview person. Mm. I haven't done enough commentary to say if I could be good at commentary. Mm. But I would like to try. You would like to do it. Yeah. Okay, we got the best privateer life hack you've done. Uh, always make your lunch at breakfast oh that's a good one yeah and then you just fold it, put it in your hoodie I reckon you and Jake Neal should, should write a book yeah about Jake, Jake Neal some of the uh, life hacks might oh. be a little bit illegal but yeah but yeah. but they work they work yeah. <laughs> they definitely work yeah. uh, best tip for wheelie Wednesday oh uh, we're doing wheelies probably start learning them going uphill first mm it's safer and yeah just go uphill just do it over and over easy as that do it to school every day and then you'll learn easy I used to just try and wheelie the whole way to school and then and then from there it was like easy got you there yeah because that that's another thing we didn't touch on but it's like the whole like win TV wheelie Wednesday it's like that is your brand yeah of who you are and that's what can bring value yeah to you as a athlete yeah i think a lot of people miss that and they just focus on i need to get a result and that's how i become yeah no one like they'll remember you for winning some races but you need to win races every week if you want to be like really remembered mm. but then someone that and can then, win and have a personality yeah, then perfect then you transcend it in a way yeah yeah so yeah just be yourself and focus on what you what is really authentic to yourself mm. yeah easy said than done but of course but yeah <laughs> It is, again, like, well, not even, not really. It's like being yourself should be easy. But yeah. I guess people lack the and confidence. Not being yourself is hard, yeah. But people just lack the confidence to be yeah. themselves. Guy said, do you have three balls or have you a mono ball or just regular two balls, guy? Just a regular two ball. Just a two baller? Yeah. Um, can you, actually, no, I'm not going to ask that one. <laughs> um, it was a bit of pit gossip that I don't think we need to share. Um... I don't think we've got any more of thoughts on making downhill better. More what? Thoughts on making downhill better. Um, go to. We need to go to some better venues. Mm. Like we should be racing in South America and Asia. Yeah. And West Coast America. Like, why are we not racing in those places? All the people there want to watch it. Mm. Especially South America and West Coast. Mm. Asia, that they'll show up. Like they love it, they love crazy sports, and they'll show up and watch it, and it'll be big news there. Mm. So, we need to be there, yeah. Yeah, I see that. I'm not going to direct the broadcast or the coverage at this point, yeah. so we'll stick a stay out of that, but just try just and, new places, yeah. yeah. If it's a world cup, it should be in those go places. around the world, yeah. yeah. I get you, yeah. All right, I got three more questions for you. I always ask these at the end. If you could go back to some point in your life and change something, what would you want to change? Uh, it's hard to say. I know, everyone, because it's like where you are now. You're maybe, happy with. maybe I would have come to Europe when I was a junior, then mm. not, then wait until I was twenty years old. Mm. But that might have actually been worse. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, it's hard to say. 
Yeah. What are you scared of? Scared of? Um, I don't know what I would say I'm scared of. Like, I don't like rats, probably. <laughs> rats are not normal. Like gnarly rats, yeah, I don't like them. Or snakes, but I'm not like super scared. But like not in the sense of like maybe not so much of like a physical thing, but like a thought of something happening. Yeah, probably like having gnarly crash or something is like scary. But you, you, you almost get conditioned to it by doing the sport, which is somewhat unhealthy. Yeah. That having a big crash becomes normal. Mm. Well, do you remember at World Champs in Leger, I had a huge crash in front of you yeah. in the roots? Yeah, I was there. And I just... I remember in my head, like getting up, brushing myself off, put my levers straight and then going like it was just normal. Yeah. And I remember after the race, I thought back to that and I was like, that's not normal. No. You don't, it's not you don't right, tomahawk yeah. like so that. So you're probably, yeah, you're scared of a crash that could leave you with long-term issues, mm. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's fine. How do you want to be remembered? Huh? How do you want to be remembered? Uh, probably just someone that helped others to achieve their dreams and and someone that had a good time yeah yeah i got um so the i'll get you to ask a question for the next guest for the yeah. what do um what are things what are things you're doing now what's something you know you're doing that you shouldn't do and what's something that you're not doing that you know you should do uh scrolling too much and wasting time <laughs> because you you're like i'll oh, just check that and then you or you're like you go on your phone to do something and you don't even do it and you end up scrolling. Yeah, you get And stuck. then you're wasting time. Mm. So probably do less of that and then spend more time with the family is probably more valuable. Yeah. Um, I'm doing as much as I can, but I think... There's always more. There's always more because I would, uh, there was a book, I think, or a thing that you only have 18 years with your kids. Mm. After those 18 years, you spent 95% of the time with them. Mm. So then 18 years is not very long. No. And then most people work 40 hours a week. So you don't actually spend much time together. Mm. That's what's pretty cool with this job is like when you're away, you're away. But then when, when, you, when you're home, you're there. Mm. You, you don't need to train all day. Mm. Like you can go two hours training and you can be with your family or... So probably spend more time with family, friends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is the like a double-edged sword, but it can kind of like work well. Yeah. Like when you do come. Yeah, back. it's bad on some regards, but I think it's if you live cold. if you live in Europe, it's easy. Yeah. Like the Europeans do not understand how hard it is for an Australian, a South African, an American, Canadian to race the World Cup. Mm. They do not. They can drive in their car to the race with all their stuff. Mm. And it's just like, then I'll go home on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I didn't go home for six months. Yeah. And then you're living out of a bag. Yeah. They don't understand. Yeah. And then they go to, when we had the World Cups in Kansas, oh, so long yeah, travel. So hard, like, yeah, 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 shut yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It's like one time. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. So, yeah, I think. I get you. And I get, if you want to ask a question, you have to do it now. You can think of one. But if you've got one loaded in your brain, you don't know who the person will be. But if you've got a question you want to ask the next person that would sit mm-hmm. down, something you want to know. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's all right. You can think about it. We don't, you can stop it now and 
because people don't. I don't. I I like putting people on the spot. Yeah. But if you can think of one, send it to me, and I'll ask. Them. Yeah, I'll have to think of it. Yeah. Uh, just thanks to everyone who's here and uh, for the sport for being a good sport. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers mate.